Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Christy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 14th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 63, very top of the page. Today's readers are Judy B, Sharon, Michelle, and Fran. The reference number for Tuesday, November 13th, is 3325. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anne-Marie to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie, Recovered Compulsive Eater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I will now ask Margaret to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, this is Margaret uh, with the 12 Traditions Recovered in South Jersey. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 
six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, televisions, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book we're on page 63, and we're at the very top of the page. I will ask Judy B. to begin reading, please. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., our grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. When we sincerely took a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer, being all-powerful, He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. What a beautiful summary of uh, what can happen in this program. Uh, Right in the very beginning, it says, when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. Well, what do they mean by such a position? That refers back to the uh, paragraph we uh, read yesterday, uh, where we we know that we cannot direct our own lives anymore. We have to quit playing God, and we have to know that he is the director for our life. Pure and simple. You know, we, 
We do not get our own way anymore. We allow God to direct our lives. Our lives. And, and with that, what happens? The rest of the paragraph talks about that. We just, we are in a new world. You know, we have a new employer. You know, we, we become powerful because we, we have this power behind us which shows us how to get through each day. If we ask and if we uh, listen to the directions, we are told what to do with each, with each um, situation, each problem that we face. It's just continuously going to our, well, I, I like to think of him as my new employer, being retired. I, uh, he is my new employer. And um, he tells me exactly what to do each day. He brings the people into my li- life uh, that I can help. He brings people into my life who can help me. Um, he shows me what to do. He gives me uh, courage when I, when I feel discouraged. And um, our own little plans and designs seem to fade away. We realize that they just don't matter anymore, that there is a bigger plan, and that, and that if we trust, we can have this new way of life. You know, we become conscious of his presence every moment. And, and when we don't, we, we ask him to help us to, uh, to know that, that his presence is with us. And we lose our fear, and, and for me that's the big one, to, to lose our fear of what will happen for the rest of today or tomorrow. We, we just, we can trust. We are reborn. And what a beautiful program we have found and what a beautiful program Bill has designed here for us. I'm so grateful for it, and with that I pass. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, go ahead, please. Good morning, Ms. Christie. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Yes, and here we are. Here we are. It says we're at step three at this point in the in the book and in our education about what that means. You know, what will it look like and what will, what are we to do when we're at this point where we want to make this decision? We wanted to make this decision. You know, for me, for me, taking this position that I am indeed powerless, powerless, and that my life has been unmanageable, and that small, hopeful belief that's growing in me that there is a power greater than me, you know, when I take that position, it says all sorts of remarkable things followed. Remarkable things. Well, one of the most remarkable is that I, I begin, even at this point, to start to be transformed. You know, my little narrow vision, my little narrow vision that was founded by fear and self-centeredness and resentment and anger, you know, unable to find peace, that little narrow vision begins to expand. It begins to expand. It begins to get bigger and wider, and it starts to encompass more. I, I begin to see more. I begin to see more. And it says that being all-powerful, that God will now provide what we needed. Because I certainly had not been able to provide what I needed, and I have been trying. In my desperateness, I had been trying. But it tells me here so clearly 
that established on such a footing tapped into that inner resource. Those problems that were of my own making can be solved. They can be solved with that new power. That new power flows in, it says, and we enjoy peace of mind. And that new power flows in and we begin to have some conscious contact. And that new power flows in and we begin to feel his presence and lose our fears. Holy cow, what a wonderful, wonderful thing to be promised. If I'm willing to take action, you know, if I'm willing to take this position to start to let that be my foundation and then continue to be willing, because we're going to be talking about steps four through nine here, you know, but without taking this position, without letting my mind get cracked open and starting to believe that there is this power greater than me and that I'm willing to turn myself, body and soul, heart and mind over to this power, nothing else is going to happen. But when it does start to happen, you know, we felt, we became, we, we start to lose things that, that had ruled us like fear. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And it's, it's this, this kind of paragraph that gave me hope. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Yes, Christy. Penny E? Penny, go ahead. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I want to focus in on um, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. So here we're talking about another character defect, fear. We already went through selfishness. We got a good one coming up, resentment. Um, you know, they're, they're all good ones. But um, anyway, um, this began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. And I always believed and heard that fear is a disrespect to God. You know, fear is a disrespect to God. If I truly, truly turn my will and my life, make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand Him, I don't have to worry. You know, it's a disrespect. Something comes up that I'm, um, I'm afraid of financial insecurity. You know, I used to have financial insecurity, fear of financial insecurity, fear, 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 never realizing that I didn't, have to, I didn't have to do that. God could take care of me. God would take care of me. And I found out through experience, you know, when all of a sudden I didn't have my husband, he wasn't working, I wasn't working, uh, we didn't have life insurance, you know, we didn't have anything. How was I going to keep my house? How was I going to buy abstinent food? How, how was I going to pay my mortgage? You know, how was I going to do anything? And the choreography of God, when I don't, I, I was in a position where I didn't have, I didn't have the wherewithal, love that word, wherewithal, to, uh, to worry. You know, I was, I was unable to worry. And God choreographed the whole thing. I mean, I'm still in my house eight years later. The specifics would would mind boggle you, but uh, uh, money just it just came. It just came. So I learned from experience that fear is just a disrespect to God. And um, if I wasn't already signed up for life, I would say, let me pay my dues right here. What are the lifetime dues? Pay me up. I'm in. 
Thanks for letting me share, everybody. Have a God-filled day. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, go ahead. Yes, my name is Valencia. My name is Valencia. Uh, um, Anne-Marie, go ahead, and then we'll catch you as soon as Anne-Marie's done. Okay, thanks. Um, Anne-Marie, Recovery Compulsive Eater. Um, you know, and I and I was told that these um, this paragraph here are you know uh, promises step, step three promises, and um, you know what I didn't um, see when I was going through the steps so many times I was doing the food, and I was going through the steps over and over again and saying why isn't God you know touching His magic wand on my head and making me recover? Why 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 why? And you know what uh, jumped out at me. Um, is when we sincerely took a, such a position, um, there are, are specific things that we need to do, that action. We need to take action on these steps, not just read them, not just study them, as, as you know, I've heard over and over again. The step nine um, uh, promises, if we are painstaking about this phase of our life. Uh, the step 10, uh, uh, that is our experience that is how we react as long as we keep in fit, uh, fit spiritual condition. Um, so, as long you know, as long as we are doing what we are supposed to be doing, and I didn't see that for the longest time. Um, these things will happen, but usually, when there is a promise, there's, there's a, um, a contingent on it. There's when, when we sincerely took such a position, you know, and I did my best. I really, really did for the longest time. Um, but what it, what I was missing was letting go, really, truly, and believing that God was going to take care of me. Just, you know, we just heard, you know, a, a little glimpse of what happened to someone's finances when, you know, they just trusted. Um, and I just had a difficult time doing that. I did not want to give up the control that I thought I had. Never had the control just thought I had the control. But these things will happen. I needed to work, live the steps. I always like to say live the steps rather than work the steps because when I, when I say work the steps, I think I'm studying. And I did all that. I, did, I, I, studied, I studied my to my heart's content. But it wasn't working. And it wasn't until, you know, I said, okay, whatever, whatever it takes. And I had to just let go of everything um, that I wanted. Um, and just trust in God, and um, you know these things will happen. But I just, I just wanted to point that out because that was just such, it was, it was such a, a light bulb moment when I realized that I have to, you know, do this work <laughs> in order for these promises to, to appear in my life. Thank you. Thanks, Anne Marie. And I'm sorry I didn't catch the name of the person. The next person who wanted to share on this paragraph. Yes, Valencia. Valencia, thank you so much. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that I'm grateful for everyone that shared, and I'm grateful today to know that I have to, that I have stopped playing God, and that uh, He is now my new employer, and uh, releasing of the fear, losing the fear, um, and picking up this new employer, and not being fearful of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter, and knowing that uh, God, which is my higher power, is the one that will lead me into what I am to eat today. And uh, just just very, very grateful today. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Valencia. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Good morning, it's Leah. Leah, go ahead. 
Hey, Christy. Good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, just a reminder, you know, this was written by those who had recovered, and it's written, you know, they're speaking from hindsight. This is a process that they're describing. It says, when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. What are the remarkable things that are going to follow in this process? The remarkable thing that's going to follow is that these men and women who had a seemingly, you know, a disease of, of seemingly hopeless state of mind. These men and women um, had a personality change, a, a spiritual awakening. This was a process they went through. As you'll see, the wording here where it says, um, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, you know, we discovered we could face life successfully as we became as we began you know so this is a process that they're describing and of course it concludes with we were reborn you know and that's exactly um my experience you know because i came here a very sick young woman a very broken young woman uh filled with resentment filled with fear filled with selfishness and dishonesty i had a soul sickness i had a soul sickness and as a result of these action steps that are contained in this book, I was taken on a, on a journey, a spiritual journey, as I engaged in this process. And having had a spiritual awakening, I'm not what I used to be. I have been born again, not in my body, obviously, but in my mind, where those old ideas of mine, those old emotions of mine and attitudes that I had when I arrived here on January 19th, 1987, those old ideas and attitudes have been cast aside and a whole new set of ideas and emotions and attitudes now dominate me. So that is the rebirth. That's the rebirth that these men and women are talking about, and that's the rebirth of my own personal experience. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Well, I'm Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and um, just wanted to share on some pieces that kind of jumped out at me. And I, I just love this. Um, you know, more and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, I mean, literally going to work, you know, if, if God or my higher power is my employer, you know, I, uh, whenever I've had trouble at work, and I remember this years ago, my sponsor saying to me, I mean, my sponsor isn't a career counselor, but what my sponsor said to me was, go to work and be of service, go to work and be of service. So even for me, you know, I'm not in the service industry, and when she said that, you know, I was a little taken aback, but that's what I did, and that's what I do. I go to work, and I try to, you know, contribute to other people's lives and try to make their life better. You know, how can I be of maximum usefulness? How can I be of service to you at work? How can I help you? And, um, you know, I will tell you that uh, it has served me very well. It has served me very well to get out of myself and to see how I can be of service to other people. You know, as an active addict, 
All I cared about was myself. That's all I thought about 24-7. Me, how I could get my food, how I could get you out of my way so I could get my food, what I was eating, what I wasn't eating, how I was going to lose weight. I mean, that was the entire focus of my life. You know, 99% of my brain was spent on that. So the other 1% was spent on, you know, trying to get along with people and trying to be a good employee and trying to be a good partner and a sister and a daughter. And, uh, you know, you can imagine, you know, I was getting out of life what I was putting into it, which just wasn't a whole lot. It just wasn't a whole lot. And so, you know, for me, I'm, uh, you know, I'm so grateful that that's, that's the way I live my life today. You know, how can I be of service? How can I make your life better? How can I make your life better? Um, you know, and my, my view of the world is so narrow. You know, I remember years ago, you know, my, I remember praying specifically that my car would last. You know, I was driving a car, it was on its last legs, and, you know, please, God, help me, help this, help me, you know, be able to drive this car for another year. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that my prayers were answered by any means that I was able to drive that car for years afterwards, but it's, it's a, it's a reflection of how narrow my view of the world is. You know, I'm praying for something, putting limits on it because it's, you know, it's limited by my little human brain instead of just saying, you know, God, show me what you want me to be today. You know, show me what you want me to be. I don't have to pray that my car is going to, you know, I'm going to be able to drive it into the ground. But, you know, it was just a reminder, again, to me of how narrow, how narrow my view of how things should turn out or be um, in the world. You know, I have no idea what my higher powers plans for me are. No idea. I couldn't choreograph the life I have today if I had tried. And I'm just so grateful that I just suit up and show up every day. God, show me what you want me to be. And um, with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph before we move on to the next one? This is Helena. May I share? Sure, Helena. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, I'm struck by the difference between having an employer and playing God uh, in the paragraph before that what I was doing prior to accepting God as my employer was playing God myself, trying to be self-employed. And there is, uh, once I accept the job and accept that God is my employer and completely put my trust in God, then all sorts of remarkable things happen. And it doesn't matter if I think ahead of time that these things are going to happen. As long as I do it, as long as I stop playing and actually do then these things do happen. Pass. Thank you, Helena. Sharon, would you please read that next paragraph? Sharon, can you press star one to Hi. unmute? Yes, oh. here I am. Hi. Thanks, Sharon. Go ahead. You're welcome, Christy. This is Sharon, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Good morning to all of you. I am grateful to be with you on the phone. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them 
may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking the step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Wow. When I read this paragraph, I just feel like taking a sigh of relief. Ah, finally. And that's that's the sense when we get to step three, when we can finally take that step. It says we thought well before taking this step, making sure that we were ready. Well, what does that mean, ready? Well, the first thing is that we've accepted that we've that we have a problem that we can't solve on our own. We've, we've tried everything, and we cannot solve this problem on our own. And we accept that. I, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. So that's a good thing that we get to that point where we accept that. Then we admit that we find that there's a power greater than ourselves. There is there is a solution to my problem. It's not me. I can't do it. But there's a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity because my problems were of my own making and there was a craziness because I was destroying myself. That's insanity. And so I can... There is a power. I, if I can do that, so if I can take one, the first step is I admit that I'm powerless, that I can't do this on my own. Step two, there's a power greater than myself that can restore me. Now I'm at step three. Now, I'm, now before I take step three, I'm thinking about this. Think well before you take it. Make sure you're ready. Make sure we're ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? to have your life changed? Are you ready for a new way of living? Are you ready to let go of trusting your own thinking? Because remember, our problem resides in our mind. So are you ready to let go of that and grab the hand that will lead you to recovery? If you're ready, then at last, we abandon ourselves utterly to him. And I looked up for us the word abandon, to leave completely, finally, forsake completely, give up, discontinue, withdraw. So we leave ourselves, and what is ourself? Our own way of thinking, reacting to life, our own way of reacting to life. Not to say that we're not going to automatically do it because we're habituated to this way of living, but we are willing and ready to abandon our own thinking because our own thinking got us into this mess, and we have to trust that there's a power that's greater than ourselves. If we can grab hold of that power, it is going to get us to recovery and away from the craziness of our of our own thinking in our own life. So... We're ready for that. We're going to abandon our thinking, our way of life, and we're going to step out into faith and trust in this power greater than ourselves. So 
and with this, there is a relief. Relieve me of the bondage of myself. We are, we are relieved of that bondage. And immediately for me, there's a sigh of relief. There's a peace that comes with that. And that's a peace each day I have to take this step. Every single day I have to take step three. When I get up in the morning, I have to say, who is going to be my higher power today? Am I going to reach for myself or am I going to reach for God? Am I going to live this 12-step way of life or am I going to go back into my own way? And I have to stay connected with my higher power 24-7. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, would anyone like to share on this? I hear Helena. Is that you? Thank you. Yep, go, go ahead. I said this prayer for many, many years. I recently found a book that was 25 years old that had this prayer written in it. I said it every morning. Uh, on some level, it was helpful, but I never really understood. I love the idea of take away my difficulties that's wonderful, but I didn't ever read or fully understand before that. Take away myself first, and why take away my difficulties? Not for what I thought it was all about, that I could have an easy day today. I could have an easy life. Everything would go my way. Not at all. Why do, you, why do I ask to take away my difficulties so that I can help others? And why do I need to help others? Because it's the only way I have to stay recovered. Pass. Thank you, Helena. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. This is Penny C. Kim and then Penny. Penny C. Good, mor Good morning, Christy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm going to zone in on that line to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. You know, my, my father's a Marine, and, and as a man in his 70s, when he still talks about boot camp in his 20s, it's as clear as if it was yesterday. You know, when you go into boot camp, that 13-week initiation into the Marines, they don't teach you about being a Marine. You know, the first thing they do is they tear you down. They beat the civilian out of you. They take away your identity as a civilian, and then they build you up into the Marine. So what have we been doing up to this point? You know, this book has taken time to, let, to, to tear down all those delusions. Those delusions have to be smashed. We have to be humbled to know that we are powerless over the food and our life is unmanageable. We then have to come to believe in a power greater than ourselves. And because of that humility, we're now in that place of humility. We are willing to turn our lives over to a power greater than ourselves. So at this point, we are humble, just the way those young kids are now, they're not, they're not anything. They're no longer a civilian. They, they are, they, they you know, cut their hair. They, they put them all in the same outfits, you know, because now they're going to build them into these Marines. And that's what we're asking God to do, to build us into the person that we were always meant to be. God, do with me as thou wilt. I want to be the kin that you always knew that I would be. You know, and this weekend was the Marine Corps birthday, and I went into Philadelphia, and there was a big ball, and all the traffic that was around the uh, the center of the city, 
And I remember looking at these gentlemen, you know, they're all lined up on, this, on, on the stairs, and they were so focused, and they were so proud, and they were not distracted by all the chaos that was going around, us, around them. And that's what we need to do now. We have to focus. We have to say, God, do with me as thou wilt. Not get distracted by life. Not get distracted by all our little plans and designs. Not get distracted by who we want, what we want. You know, and that's what it's saying, to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Because we have been torn down by this disease. And it's only through God's grace that we're going to be built up and become the people that he always intended us to be. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Penny C., go ahead. Good morning. Penny C. here. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. I uh, just wanted to talk about an experience I had actually 15 years ago. And um, it was a, an experience of fear and um, almost forgetting that I had a higher power that was going to take care of me. And that was the day that I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. And I walked around in just a fog. Um, it was, I'm frightened, just so frightened of what the future might hold. And someone uh, said to me, you know, God plans results that you can't even imagine. And just, you know, you just need to let God plan the results. And you go ahead and do what they told you, tell you to do. And uh, I, that helped. But one morning, what really, really helped is one morning I woke up and I consider it um, a little spiritual awakening. And the thought came to me that, you know, you're on an adventure, Penny. This is an adventure, and you're just going to let... You're going to let your higher power direct the course, and you're just going to see what will happen. And, you know, you just you don't know. You, it's, it's, it's an unknown to you, but God knows what's going to happen. And just that, that thought that I was on an adventure and God was my guide just took away so much, almost all, I, I think, of the fear and anxiety and the unknown and... Um, Indeed, you know, looking back, God had me, had my back all the way, and today it's it's just a memory, but it's a good good memory in so much that I can tell other people, use my experience to say, you know, this whole life is an adventure, and, and with that I pass. Thank you, Penny. I'm Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I have a particular fondness for the third step prayer, as we call it, the, the part that's in quotations, um, because that was the, my first introduction to the big book in 1994. And the meeting I attended, the OA meeting that I attended, um, we did not read the big book, um, and we did not read the AA 12 and 12, um, but we did say the third step prayer. You know, we said the third step prayer as part of our meeting, and I. I remember as a newcomer asking what that was and where it came from and um, you know people said oh that's in the AA big book and I did not understand the connection between you know my food addiction and the AA big book I didn't get it I had never been introduced to the 12 steps except for 1994 walking into an OA meeting and um, you know, I bought uh, I bought a big book, and um, you know, so I could memorize this prayer. And what I, you know, 
what's interesting to me is how much differently I look at the big book and the words in the big book, you know, today. I mean, I was reintroduced to the big book in 2001. So from 1994 to 2001, what I did is I struggled with recovery. You know, I struggled with recovery and figuring out what abstinence was and how I was going to recover. And, you know, I'm struck by the words in this third step that say, relieve me of the bondage of self. There wasn't anything that said, relieve me of the bondage of food. You know, I was in bondage to food. And what I had to do was put the food down. I had to put the food down. And then, and then, starting with the doctor's opinion and understanding what, what you know, the nature of my disease, a physical allergy, a mental obsession, put the food down and dig into the steps. Dig into the steps. There's no way if I was still trying to figure out what my abstinence was going to be that I was going to be able to find a power greater than myself. It just did not happen that way for me. It did not happen that way for me. I was not praying, you know, by the time I got to the third step to be relieved of the bondage of food. That, that happened for me in step one, admitting I was powerless and at least with respect to food, my life was unmanageable. And that is the way my recovery has worked for me. And, um, you know, it made all the difference. It made all the difference in my life and it still does today. And I've been abstinence with, abstinent without exception since September 9th of 2001, one day at a time. And I've been maintaining you know, over 130 pound weight loss for nine and a half years. And I have a brand new life that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm at maintenance weight. I mean, certainly that had to be in place. My food had to be down. But, you know, I have a, a belief that a power greater than me can restore me to sanity and um, completely change my life. And I am so grateful to have that. And with that, I pass. Is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph? Yes, Christy. Yeah. Uh, Janice, we'll catch you second, and I'm sorry, who who was it that jumped in? It was Melanie. Melanie, thank you so much. Go ahead, Melanie. Hi, thank you. We are now at step three. We are now at step three. I read it in several different ways to see how I what it means to me when I read it just like that. So that takes me to all of the explanation before then. It's telling me um, what I was doing, how it affected other people, what I n- must do to um, do something differently. So now, I'm, so now I'm at step three. So I'm thinking about what this means. I've just walked up to step three, and many of us said to our maker, as we understand him, God, I offer myself. And then it continues on, and I look at that as building blocks. For me, okay, so I did all of this. This is probably the why of it, and this is what I must do. Here's some building blocks that can start integrating step three into my life. I am willing. I get it. I want it. I see that it's happening for other people. I have to have it. I must have it. Here's some building blocks on a daily basis, as many times as I need to in a day align myself with the principal, the father, the creator, because I'm the agent, I'm the child. I can align myself because my mind doesn't think this way. And, man, it's just beautiful if I can 
do exactly, this is what it means to me anyway, if I can do exactly what this is saying, build on this with that willingness, the behavior opens the door to the higher power. That, that's what I'm understanding here of this. In my practical experience, each, each and every day in the very beginning, that's exactly how I use it. It sets my mind on a path. It sets my spirit, my soul in an attitude of deep and profound gratitude. And then the behavior to practice that brings me about this, trans, this, this I was going to say transformation, but that's not it. it. It opens my heart so that my higher power comes in to transform me. I like the idea that I'm just at step three and these are building blocks. And with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Melanie. Janice, go ahead. Thank you, Christy. Thank you very much. We were now at step three, and many of us said to our maker as we understood him, you know, this this prayer has come to mean so much to me each day, each day that I use it and I say it, because each day I am at this exact same place. I am at this exact same place at step three. You know, since since this is an illness, this illness that we have, this compulsive overeating illness, is fraught with twisted thinking and wrong perceptions and thus wrong actions because I always used that same, very same twisted thinking that led me to take these actions. So when I say to this God of my understanding, help me, help me shift my perceptions, let me see it differently. That, that to me, is nothing short of a miracle. That is a miracle. You know, to relieve me of the bondage of self means to relieve me of this thinking. One day at a time, one meal at a time, one step at a time, you know, relieve me. And then do with me as thou wilt. You know, build in me a new way of thinking a new way of acting on life rather than reacting to it. You know, those are the things that kept me in bondage. You know, because I know full well that when I give up, when I surrender, when I throw in the towel, when I wave the white flag, when I say I am at the end and I give it all to you, then it seems like God does take away my difficulties because he... He transforms my thinking. You know, that new power begins to flow in when I say, I cannot do this. But with that power, that source that I'm tapped into, I can see things differently. And and why? Why would I do that? Why would I trust, rely, and depend on this higher power? Why would I do that? Because first of all, it's given me something I was never able to do by myself. Abstinence. Abstinence. Freedom, freedom from the obsession in my mind, freedom from the monkey chatter, freedom from all of that so that I can continue to try to be useful and helpful to other people. You know, that victory over my difficulties proves that this God, this God of my understanding works. But I had to be ready utterly, utterly to abandon myself. No reservations, fully conceded to my innermost self. And then the whole world opened up. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on to the next Robin. one? Robin. Judy. Robin, yeah. go ahead. 
Uh, we'll go with Robin, and then we've got a few other folks I heard jump in. Good morning. This is Robin. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, my sponsor required that I that I um, memorize this prayer in the very beginning, um, probably within the first couple months of my abstinence. I was required to to memorize this prayer, and I am so glad I did, because what I discovered as I worked through the steps is. I, I have the disease of needing to know. I need to know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, I'll go down that path, but I need to know what's down there first. I'm not just going to do what you say because I've been burned before, and there, you know, there might be lions and tigers and bears down that path, so you need to tell me what's down there first. And this prayer kept bringing me back down to earth um, to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. You know, the... Uh, I'm just a tool. The piece of wood doesn't know what it's being used to be, to build. The hammer doesn't know what it's being used to build. And and that's what I am. Um and in order to be able to allow myself to be in that position of not knowing, I need the help relieve me of the bondage of self. It's it's very interesting to me how how it happens. It's a um, it, there was such a, uh, I had so much trouble understanding that my need to know was always about self. I was always trying to keep myself so safe. And now my prayer is, God, I'm yours and I trust you. And I repeat it over and over and over and over. It's, um, it's all about being willing to believe that my higher power is leading me in the right direction and getting my own self-will out of the way. Because, you know, what what I was doing before, when left to my own devices, I'm going to mess up my life and yours. So somebody else has to be in control of this, of this life. And my higher power has done that for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Robin. And I heard a couple of other folks jump in. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Judy Blaya. Okay, Judy B. and then Leah. Judy, and go ahead. Tony. Tony, thank you so much. Judy, go ahead. Oh, <clears throat> this third step prayer is worth more than diamonds, gold, anything on earth. This third step prayer is just the the foundation of my life. And I was in program for... A long, a long time before I ever heard of the third step prayer, and I, I just have to share how, how very special and important it has been in my recovery. At the time that I first heard this third step prayer, I was at a, a strange. Um, I was in a strange city with a group of OA people that I had never met. Um, a family member was hospitalized, and I had traveled to that city. I was feeling desperate and alone and and just I can't explain to you where I was at that time and I I found out where there was an OA meeting in that city and it was in a it was in a private home and um and I was a little fearful but I found the place where that meeting was and there I heard the third step prayer for the first time and it I was so grateful for that, and that was the beginning of my understanding that the big book had had things in it which I needed I needed to hear. And I prayed that third step prayer every day for years and years and years. And then, 
and and I had I I felt I made good progress in the program, but I never had the the recovery that I had when I I took a weekend just to be with this prayer, and um, oh, I, I then I was given that that the release that release food had no more hold over me it was it was just freedom and it was because in this prayer i was promising god every day that i wanted to do his will and and i just couldn't believe that at one point i would allow myself to to take a bite of food again i mean it was beyond my understanding it was uh showing that i how how much uh humility i didn't have um that I could have done that again. But from that day on, from, from that time on, when I, when I just expressed to God how sorry I felt that I was praying this prayer every day and that I, I, was, not, I was not following through with the program, I was not allowing him to direct my life, my life <clears throat> totally changed. The, 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 um, the obsession with food was truly lifted. And and the part of this third step prayer where it says, take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. I'm, I'm now able to share with people that I've known in program for 25 years, and they know where I was, what I went through, and where I am now. And it it is truly, truly a reflection on God's love and power and what he can do in our lives. And I am so, so, so grateful. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Judy. Leah, go ahead. Thanks so much. So step three, remember, it's, you know, I had to remember it was a decision. I was making a decision, but a decision without action that follows it is is essentially worthless. But I'm making a decision here because this is my desire. And, uh, you know, it says here, relieve me of the bondage of self. You know, God, please, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, free me. You know, free me from the bondage of self. Free me from my resentments. Free me from my fears, from my selfishness, from my dishonesty, from this life of mayhem. Free me. Take away that persona. Take away those masks because through enough suffering and through enough pain and through enough degradation in this disease that has broken me down, I am ready for death of self, death of ego. So relieve me. Free me of that bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Why do I want to break free from these chains? Because I want to serve you, God. Uh, it's a bargain. You help me take away these, these um, masks of mine and these, uh, these chains of mine, and I will serve you. I will do whatever I have to do. That's what I'm willing to do, because this hell is so hot. Please, please rescue me from this. Rescue me from this, and I will serve you. Take away my difficulties. What is my difficulty? My difficulty is this life of, of madness in this disease of compulsive overeating. And how is this going to happen? How are you going to take away those difficulties, God? Well, it's going to happen by my cooperation with his grace. And that is through the action steps four through nine. Take away my difficulties, God. Lead me to a spirit. 
spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. Restore me to sanity. Bring me soundness of mind, God. That victory over these difficulties, victory over this uh, madness, will allow me to bear witness that I can be testimony. I can be living proof. I can be an example of what happens when I have cooperated with God's grace, that I can bear witness to those I would help, that I can carry the message. I can carry the message of God's power, of God's love, and God's way of life. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Recovered. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Through my own personal success? Absolutely not. Through the grace of God. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Tony, we have time for a quick share. Yes, my name is Tony. I'm a compulsive overeater. I just wanted to acknowledge that um, the part where it says, as we understood him, my sponsor is of agnostic temperament. And when we were going through this book and we we arrived at this point, we had said this prayer together. And um, I had accepted the fact that whatever attitude I had, that I can be willing to understand that this God, as we understood him, is the God of, of hope. And that it can open up my desires to continue on with the uh, program of action. And then the other part where it says that... Uh, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Tony, you seem to be different lately. I noticed that you're a lot more smiley. You're cheerful. You're losing weight, Tony. What's going on? Well, let me tell you what's going on so far. So that's where I'm at with that. Thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Tony. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Michelle, will you please read a vision for you? Yes, thank you, Christy. This is Michelle, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.